Welcome, everybody, into the Valley of Phoenix Suns podcast. I am Ethan, joined by my brother Ryan and our man, Philip M. Russell. And for those listening who maybe have never heard us before, maybe you're on the Bright Side Podcast Network feed and you say, who are these guys? We're very confused. Hey, we are too, but we're happy to be here. Uh, no, this is our first episode, a part of the Bright Side Podcast Network. We are thrilled to be here, hopefully. Uh, if it's the first time you're checking us out, hopefully you're liking what you're hearing. You'll stick with us. In short, we just talk Suns basketball. Hopefully do a good job at it. Um, but we all love the NBA. We all love the NBA. We love watching. And honestly, this podcast came about by us taking the conversations we were already having every single day in our little group chat. And we just decided to throw some, throw some microphones in front of us and uh, see what happens. Because TikTok has shown me that people love when guys in the 20 to 30 demographic just create podcasts, create podcasts. Is that right, guys? That's, that's what I've heard. And to all the haters who said, Ryan, you're never going to end up on the Bright Side Podcast Network. Look at me now. Look at me now. And if we were to count up how many people there were that said that? Uh, nobody. But I'm, okay, sure, I'm cool. sure somebody at home was like, not him. No, not I, him. I get that. I get that. Ryan's the Michael Jordan of podcast hosts because he I've just, got to create my own adversaries. Exactly. He manufactured some adversarial response that he could have. So that's what makes everybody. me better. If I Phillip, know people are counting me out, that's going to make me rise up. You know, Philip, I am very glad that you knew where you were going with that. When I heard Ryan is the Michael Jordan of podcasting, I uh, was intru- also true. Just generally, I was as Michael Scott says, sometimes I start a sentence and I don't know where it goes until it's gotten to the end type of thing. I knew you'd land the plane. I just didn't know where you were going to land it. And that's that's all right. Uh, but no, we're we're happy to be here. Hopefully uh, you stick with us for a bit. Uh, we're excited to be a part of this. But no one really wants to hear us talk about ourselves. People are here to listen to us talk about the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns have uh, won a few games, to say the least. Um, going back now... Goodness, since October 30th, that is insane. The Suns have not lost a game since October 27th. Many people have referred to that game as the Barnzer beater. I don't know who created that one. Probably the same people who said I'd never make it to Brightside. Hey, I heard it's catching on. Since the Barnzer beater, the Suns have not lost. And honestly, we've, we've joked as this winning streak has continued. At times, it's weird that winning can get, I'm not going to call it boring, but less than exciting. Uh, when when your four wins, you know, against, you know, we had the stretch. It was the Mavs twice without Doncic, and then it was the Nuggets without Murray and Jokic. And you're like, all right, like, wins are great. We love them. Uh, all about that playoff seating, but not a whole lot to talk about. This week, on the other hand, we were given a treat, man. Uh this was the first time where I actually had some nerves going into a game or two, thinking that the streak might be broken. Now we go the into, game? yeah, the Cavs game. That's the one I was worried about, Ryan. Same. Uh, but no, it's it's been insane. And uh, again, if if you're listening and you've been a Suns fan for a long time, I mean, goodness gracious, there have been 19 win seasons, right? Like what we have witnessed in the last month would accumulate the amount of wins as some bad seasons and bad teams in the league and not too distant past for others. You know, like this is crazy. Um, 
obviously the media is giving it some attention because they're that you have that kind of have to at this point, but obviously not talked the way you know the Warriors were when they were going for the the total wins in a season record. I get it; they are on another level. But this thing is getting to the point where it's slightly ridiculous, right? Even great teams lose games. They lose games to bad teams. They lose games to good teams. It's insane that the Suns have kept this going and are now riding a, what is it now, 16-game win streak after last night? Um, It's crazy. So don't want to jump into everything, but I think kind of the the big talking point of the week is we're still doing this thing. And so – Philip, the week in review, just for those at home listening, started off with the Suns beating the Spurs. We actually recorded our last episode while that game was going on, I believe, and we kind of just assumed they were going to win. Not always the best decision. Would have made us look really stupid. But the Suns won that one by four. Definitely a closer game and a closer ending than I would have liked. Followed that up with another road game against the Cavs, winning that one by five. And then they make the trip to New York, Knicks, Nets, back-to-back, just a brutal end to a Thanksgiving road trip. Suns beat the Knicks by 21 and then followed up with a very surprising, in my book, win against the Nets, winning 113 to 107. Philip, we're going to get into kind of what stood out personally. Um, If you're new here, we always close out with our highs, our lows, and our just-so-you-knows. And if that sounds like something from Sunday school or a second grade classroom, don't care. Get with it. That's how we operate here. So, <laughs> Philip, brand baby, that's, how, that's what we do here. So, Philip, what what stood out to you the most from this week's chunk of the road trip? Because I think there's a lot that you could kind of choose from. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, around Sun's Twitter and just on Sun's podcast, there was real concern, and it was. It was justified concern about the Suns' wings. Shamit, Cam Johnson, Nader, just not performing up to snuff. This week, those concerns are gone and have maybe even flipped into some real excitement about the depth that the Suns have at wing with Mikhail, Jay, and Cam Johnson, especially having tremendous weeks Jay, not as much on the offensive end, but defensively, especially, and then Cam Johnson offensively, really great weeks from the wing, from that 3-4 position for the Suns. And that that was one of the improvements that we've been looking for the last few weeks. Ryan, what about you? I know we, we talked a bunch about the wings um, leading up to these last few games. We've talked... I mean, to Phil's point, we've talked really well about some as they've had some some hot nights. Cam Johnson's big night, obviously, is one that we talked a lot about. Mikhail is still just the best in the whole wide world. Uh, what kind of jumped out to you this past week, maybe outside of outside of the wings, whether that's the big men who did show up, the injuries that have kind of shaken up the rotation a little bit, or just what you're seeing from the all-stars who you kind of know what to expect? Yeah, well, I think I think what we're seeing is JaVale McGee really stepped up big the last few games. I think he was really important uh, to the team. Some nights his numbers weren't the flashiest, uh, but especially when you've got Dooley, who's been battling injuries, Frank Kaminsky, who uh, is out indefinitely at the moment with, with kind of not a whole lot of details. We really needed JaVale 
Uh, and JaVale, I think, has, has played well when called upon, uh, and that was big. And I think what we're seeing, too, uh, is Devin Booker playing at an unquestionable all-star level. Uh, might even be all-NBA level at this point, um, but I couldn't help. I felt this really petty moment after the Brooklyn game where I almost tweeted out something to the extent of I can't wait for Devin Booker to be an all-star alternate again this season. Cause that's just, you know, the sun's luck the last few years. But I think what we are seeing is an unquestionable all-star push for Devin Booker. And I think we are seeing him play the best basketball of his career. And what's cool is it's not even necessarily needed. Like we don't need him to be that level every night because of how good the rest of the team is built, but he's giving it anyway. And, and what he's doing this season is special. Um, including, you know, his three point streak, which we're seeing just only increase as well. Um, so I'd say JaVale and book get the two big gold stars for me. Uh, just looking at the, the game since we last recorded. No, Ryan, I think that's a great point. I know you're talking so much about book and his consistency and, and what he's been able to do in contrast, to even just last year, but that entire nets game this year, our goodness, this, this past weekend it just kept eating at me when they got that huge lead of, oh, crap, is this going to be the Nets from last year, right? We talked a ridiculous amount about that game last year, breaking it down from every which angle. And they even brought it up, I think, either at halftime or at the end of the third about, oh, the Nets, biggest halftime deficit last year against the Suns, biggest comeback, whatever, all that crap. And so I was just waiting. And, I mean, you all saw it, right? Like the Nets had so many runs where – on other nights, maybe that, you know, 12-0 run is enough to take over a lead. And the Suns just held strong, not in the most beautiful way. Uh, Philip, I'm pretty sure you texted sometime, this is ugly. Uh, and there were a lot of times where that game was ugly. But at the end of the day, they won. And that's, that's a great sign on the second night of a back-to-back on a four-game road trip. When you've won so many close games to good teams and bad teams, it's just great seeing that, again, this team finishes. Ryan, you've said it so many times in, in these most recent episodes, good teams find a way to win, right? Period. No matter who they're playing, they're going to find a way. And, and we saw that again. So, yeah, a lot of stuff really, imp- really impressed me. This week was one where I got excited. This was a, all right, this is a, a real standout performance at MSG in Brooklyn, beating these two teams, the Nets coming off of what was, I mean, James Harden called it their most complete game of the entire year. They get rest. And then goodness, not even that it was the biggest. Did you see what they announced on the broadcast highest capacity for a Nets game in that arena ever? They set the stadium record for attendance because a bunch of people wanted to come watch the Phoenix suns and a bunch of people wanted to watch their nets end that winning streak, which did not happen. But that was a big game, like a lot on the line there. Big playoff atmosphere. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, did not expect it very much. I told both you guys going into that game, I was in my mind, chalked a loss, win streaks over, we look ahead. But man, uh, what a game. I'll be done now. Anything else about the week in a nutshell before we kind of go into our highs, our lows, and our just so you knows? All righty. Well, let's get into it our highs easy enough we do this every week we talk about our highs for the week in phoenix suns basketball we talk about our lows for the week in phoenix suns basketball and then our just so you knows which used to be interesting stats and tidbits 
have now kind of turned turned into like personal soapboxes where we just say whatever the crap we want. It's, I think it's, it's the healthy. open market of the podcast. You know, whatever happens, happens. We keep it toward the end for a reason. If you decide to stick around, you are willingly putting yourself at risk to hear this stuff. If if LeBron James is more than an athlete, I am more than a basketball podcast host. Wow. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that. I'm with that. I'm, I'm going to get that. that one tatted on my arm. Now that, uh, n- no? <laughs> no, I was thinking that was a great Twitter breakout video, but <laughs> we can move on to our hides if you want. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you want me to share with the world how deep you are? What's up? I'm Philip Russell. I'm Please more change than a, your Twitter bio more to more than, than a, bas- a podcast. More than a basketball podcaster. <laughs> I'm a high school English teacher. <laughs> True. There it is. All right. Uh, Philip, let's start it with you. Get us kicking off here. High for the week in Phoenix Suns basketball. Ryan's about to get rowdy. My high for the week is campaign's point guard play. There were there were a lot of highs this week. You could talk Cam Johnson's defense on KD McHale's 18 steals against the Nets. However, I think it was actually seven or eight. Seven. But if I like just yeah, 18 or 20. I think it was seven with test, 11 deflections, something like that. I test against the Knicks and the Nets. I was really impressed with campaign's court vision. Now, he had a fine week statistically. Everything was just normal for campaign. But what was abnormal was that he wasn't just kind of going through the normal progression of offense taking the pick and roll, probing for mismatches, going left and doing his iconic kind of over the head scoop layup that he does. He, his eyes were up for 94 feet as he was bringing the ball up. He had one basically full court pass to JaVale. He had a couple really nice skip passes this week across the court. I'm thinking about one that he hit to Shamit during the next, during the Nets game. That was everything you want to see because it's not, Chris Paul does a great job of probing the defense and looking for mismatches. And he probes for these kinds of passes and the unexpected passes as well. And it seems like that rubbed off on campaign where if he's coming in, not just as a spark plug point guard, but a point guard who can move the ball in any direction at any time, that's invaluable for the Suns. For anybody who's listened to our podcast for any amount of time, it's no secret. I love campaign. And sometimes I play it up just because I know that's kind of my shtick at this point is my love for campaign. Uh, I'm a realist about campaign, though. I know he's not going to be the greatest point guard of all time. But man, what a better mentor and teacher to have than Chris Paul for a guy like campaign who fought his way back into the league. Regardless of what his ceiling ends up being, I don't think anything better could have happened to his career than being able to be under the tutelage of Chris Paul for these last few seasons. Uh, and, and I'm, I just, I'm happy for the kid that he has that campaign is currently a perfect backup point guard. He has the ability to score. He can shoot well enough and his distribution. If it keeps getting better, there's, there's nothing more you want coming off the bench for a dude who's getting less than how much, how much is it per year? It's less than 10 mil a year. Oh yeah. yeah I think it was I think eight so. or eight. It ended up right? being like three years, 16 or three year. Eight. It was something. It was I'm going to look it up. It was laughably bad. Not in a mean way, because, you know, that's more money than I'll make in my life. But Until it was... Until this podcast blows up. Two, uh, two three for years, 18. Three years, 19. Three years, three 19. 19. There you go. That is less less than seven a year for that guy. 
Hey, I'm just I'm I again I cannot express how happy I am. A former lottery pick at age twenty four campaign. That's great. No, I go racers. I agree. Ryan, um if you want to talk about campaign some more, you absolutely can do that. But no, uh, I, I appreciate somebody else bringing them up. That way it's not only me bringing up campaign all the time. Um, my hive of the week is actually a little selfish. Um, Beautiful. I called the, I called the win streak. I mean, granted we were on eight or nine games at that point, but I called it through Brooklyn. Now I didn't have the courage to say we'd win at Brooklyn. I kind of left that a little open-ended. Uh, which hindsight being 2020, I wish I would have just gone all That's in. That's still the right call. Uh, it was still the right call to make yourself but, look good. But hey, I, I made a I made a swing for the fences and hit a home run on this one, guys. I'm feeling pretty good about this win streak. No, I'm. I if you didn't give yourself credit, I want you to know I had in my own personal show notes to give you give you your I appreciate flowers. It. Give you I was going to give myself my flowers because I, I, I didn't, felt pretty good about it. I didn't take the time to go back and see when you made that. It was at least it was, two episodes. It was Monday ago. the fifteenth. It was the it was the after the Timberwolves game, I believe. That's I think we had it was eight or nine wins there, and I called I called we'd go undefeated until Brooklyn. That's that's really solid. No, that's great. Um, it honestly the uh, I'm going to give you another shout out in my high for the week, um, because it's so stupid. We were talking about this upcoming week. We, in our last episode, we had already basically spoken the Spurs went into existence, just hoping for the best. And we were talking about going into the Brooklyn game. What, what would make you nervous? And Ryan decided to say that he was more concerned about the incredibly injury ridden Cavaliers than the Knicks. And to I his credit, we destroyed him. He decided to speak about basically how the basketball Holy Spirit moved him to his decision that he had zero facts or any logic, but that he just, quote, felt Sometimes it. Sometimes you get feelings. And he, he felt it. What Philip thought may have been his IBS was actually some knowledge. And uh, props to you, Ryan. It leads into my high of the week, and that is in the four. I, I out of pettiness, I wasn't going to bring that up, so I do. No, appreciate, I got you. Hey, I do appreciate the love. We 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 own our mistakes here. We give love when love is due. What I wanted to say is, outside of the Cavs game, which was a close game, had a couple back and forths. My high of the week is in three of the four games this week, which include a back to back against the Knicks and Nets. The Suns did not trail after the first quarter. For the Knicks, the Spurs, and the Nets, the Suns had a lead in the second and did not trail for the remainder of the game. That's incredible. Like, that is that is rare. And I went back and started scrolling through not only other Suns games, but other games around the league to see, like, how common is that? That's not a normal thing. Like, even if a team blows a lead and gets down, like, one or two and then kind of takes care of business – to be able to hold and withstand that lead, not even to go into the incredible shooting slumps the Suns had in some of those games and the runs the other team had, it's incredible just to take care of your business like that. And that, that's the stuff that makes me be like, wow, this team is good. Um, Philip, I think the two of us were talking about it with, with Aiton's injury, and then we talked about it with Frank's injury of there's not one player on this team that if they were to be out for a month, would make the Suns not a playoff team. And that is an incredible luxury. And I know some people may disagree. Some people may say, oh, no Booker for a month. Oh, no Paul for a month. This team's going to struggle. 
I, I don't think so. Like they're a playoff team because they are so deep. They know what they're doing top to bottom. Everyone knows the role. Everyone performs their role. Going back to campaign, being a perfect backup point guard. He knows he's the backup point guard. He does his job. I think you have an entire team that is incredibly bought in to the vision that has been put up on the board by Monty Williams and James Jones, and they are executing. It is not an accident to rattle off this many wins in a fashion like this. So I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. We have some uh, interesting games coming up starting Tuesday, the 30th with the Warriors. That sucks, but boy, it's going to be a fun night of basketball, win or lose. It's also nice when you have the record that the Suns do right now. A loss is still going to keep you in pretty good company up top of Golden State. So good stuff all around. Lots of highs. It's funny, like, right? We've been winning so many games, but the last few weeks when it's kind of this like eh opponents, the highs are like, oh, well, good performances from Cam in like one of these games. But like this week, it was just good team basketball. A lot of great individual performances. Love to see it. That said, we still gotta we still gotta make sure we're keeping our uh, our critical eyes on. Still make sure we're looking to see what can improve, what can make things better. And so for that, we go to our lows of the week. And I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off. My low for the week is, it's going to sound almost contradictory to a lot of what I said, but there were moments, in my opinion, where it looks like the Suns fell in offensive ruts. And in order to get out of that rut, what I saw happening was Chris Paul and Devin Booker doing what they used to do last season for the first 20 games, which was, we're going to take turns, one of you having the ball, We're going to dribble the ball late into the shot clock, and we're going to try to see if something can happen. We had a huge sample size of that last season, and it doesn't take a genius to see that that is not going to work. We have, I mean, goodness, there's, there are people that have entire newsletters about the sun's offensive sets and everything that can come from it. Philip has done an incredible job picking up on that stuff, analyzing it himself, sharing it with us on the podcast. It is clear that the Suns offense, when they run their stuff, can be successful. Um, And I think we even talked about it as well. Chris Paul, if he runs something and it works, he's going to keep running it, right? Like, you, he knows what works. The team knows what works. They talked about uh, in one of the football games today, offensive coordination in the NFL. Some guys have a sheet. They run the set, basically. If it works, great. They cross off, move to the next one. Some offense coordinators say, screw that. If it works, I'm going to wait for the defense to stop me, right? What I think we saw a few times this week was the defensive coordinator stopped the offensive coordinator. And so then someone just said, okay, I'm going to figure it out myself. Instead of saying, what can we do differently that still works within the team to present good offense that forces the defense to make a change. And again, you're, I'm saying that with four wins in which in three of them, we didn't have a deficit after the first quarter, but there were just those moments where it seemed like Paul and Booker maybe tried to do a bit too much individual play. And as soon as things started changing, I can just think back to at least one play against the Nets. It started that way, quick pass to the corner for Crowder. And we've been talking about this as well. Jay Crowder does the thing where he attacks the rim now what that's a thing and it opened everything up right like cam johnson gets a couple shots things sit back in their motion and then it it works but it's hard to watch a i mean goodness what was it i think a six and a half minute stretch without a point against the nets at one point like 
that just can't happen. And if you're playing a team where you don't have a big lead or you're playing, I mean, think back to the finals last year against a team that is just waiting for you to slip so they can just murder you. That's not going to cut it against the higher quality teams. So again, I know I'm nitpicking. You kind of have to when you win 16 in a row, uh, but hopefully I don't seem too crazy. Philip, is that a, is that at least line up a little bit into what you're seeing as well? Yeah, the fourth quarter against the Nets was bad. The second half of the fourth quarter against the Nets was that is definitely where my point is coming from. Bad. Yeah. And they they struggled with the Nets switching on defense. And what what has to happen, this is my low for the week as well. You need the guards and wings to be decisive in those moments to either pull out and attack their mismatch. And against the Nets, it's not a big mismatch. Or immediately on the switch, as soon as DA gets him, gets positioned down low, get him the ball. There were several times, it even happened late in the second quarter where I noted in my in my game notes, they're just doing a bad job of missing DA down low. And it happened a bunch in the fourth quarter. He's proven himself enough around the rim that if he has a markedly shorter player on him, especially late in the game, just feed him. And if they're going to switch, do what you just mentioned from the offensive coordinator. Do it every single time because then what you're doing is you are going to browbeat the defensive switching until the point where they can't anymore. And if DA is scoring every two out of three possessions down there, that is great offensive efficiency. Or if that smaller player is fouling him, then that is great offense for the Suns. And then if the defense then has to switch, they have to switch away from switching and start blitzing or trying to hedge whatever it is they might, they might do that plays right into the Suns hands. And that's where you see the beautiful ball movement from the Suns. So got to get better at defenses switching. Yeah. And just, just to piggyback, I feel like our lows are kind of stuck together. I thought Aiden had a fantastic week, but was not used enough. And I know that that is a hot, hot, hot topic on Suns Twitter, but a lot of the times I think it's being said just to say it. I legitimately was like how we need to continue doing this. He only got eight shots up with zero free throws against the Nets that that's got to stop because I think even the commentators, if you were listening to the game with audio midway through the third, after one of the long streaks, they did it quick pick and roll up top. They got him the ball, maybe five feet away, quick one dribble sky hooks type thing hit to end up the, the announcers are to go. They really got to get him going. Aiton seems to be doing a great job of kind of getting things started again for him. And then it just stopped again. And it's just, I just want to see the, I mean, it's just old school football mentality of like, if you can run it up the middle for four or five yards every time, do it until someone stops you. And I want to see that mentality as well when we see something work against individual teams and then try to, again, just continue to attack that weakness until they prove otherwise. So any, yeah, go ahead and finish up Philip, and then just we'll move on to Ryan there. The get DA post touches is bad discourse. That's it's not good except for in situations like this where he definitely has a mismatch down low. And again, what, what needs to happen is you need to reward DA when he's sealing and posting like he was this week. He did a really good job, especially yep. against the Nets. Yep. Ryan, low for the week in Phoenix Suns basketball. My low is just I'm genuinely concerned for Frank Kaminsky at this point. After his career high game, he kind of was out day to day is the way they were talking about it, which has now moved to an indefinite out. Uh, without much insight into what's actually ailing him. Um, it seems to be a lower body injury of some kind 
they're talking maybe me it's what i'm seeing i think um but there hasn't been any details and that kind of hushed conversation around kaminsky without any kind of timetable for return uh has me not too not feeling too hot about his prospects of a return anytime soon uh and i hope he's you know i hope he's doing well i hope he's healing but i'm definitely concerned about what it might be for the rest of his season It'll also be interesting to see if Jalen Smith is able to take big minutes. Who? Doesn't, doesn't seem like that's possible. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to go outside the current roster to, to make that change. Um, we'll go ahead. We're going to close with our just so you knows. We kind of want to wrap this up the next next five minutes or so. I don't want to keep you going too long here. Uh, going to just go ahead and say my just so you know is a quick shout out to a man that we love. And that is Mikhail Bridges. And you're like, is it all of his steals? No, I could have said that and he would have deserved it. But a fun Mikhail Bridges stat that I came across, Mikhail Bridges, and this is at the Cleveland Cavaliers game, Bridges played in his 245th straight game to begin his career, the league's longest active streak. The guy has been a machine. He has stayed healthy. He has always done what he needs to do. I'm glad he's starting to get more and more attention from the media and just national basketball fans because he's going to continue to jump off the screen to anyone who knows anything about basketball. Glad he had his big defensive night on a big stage like he did. Love the kid. Uh, Hopefully he stays, knock on wood, good and healthy, keeps that streak going. Uh, But just so you know, I still love you, Mikhail Bridges. That's about it for me. Ryan, what's your just so you know for the week? Uh, Mine is that everybody owes me thanks. I hope everybody should thank me here soon. Uh, Not because I predicted this streak, but in fact, as you recall, this streak began on October the 30th, which also happens to be the day that I turned 30, which means the Suns have not lost a game of basketball since I turned 30. So you're welcome, Suns fans. I'm a part of this just as much as the team is. And I, I would appreciate any and all thanks and love that you can send my way. I feel like you should thank the team for a really good birthday present. I mean, that's cool too, I guess. But like, I feel like this is more on. No, it's more about you for sure. No, no, that makes makes sense. Philip, what do you got to close this out? Again, according to my calendar. Oh, yes. It's the holiday season, baby. Advent, if you are an observant of Advent, started today, the day that we're recording. So Christmas time is here. And I have for the last, really for the last decade, I would say, I associate Christmas and Christmas time with basketball. Uh, a couple of cool gifts that I got from family members in high school, including basically courtside seats to a Bulls game to my tradition on Christmas day is watch basketball pretty much all day long. And it's basketball is a gift. Basketball is a gift to the three of us. And it's a gift to millions, if not billions of people around the world, which is really cool. And I just want sons to know Whatever happens on Tuesday night, Tuesday night will not make or break this season at all, that game against the Warriors, but it is going to be the gift of really good basketball. So again, I want to encourage Suns fans, don't freak out, win or lose against the Warriors. Try to take some time to enjoy the fact that you're going to get to watch two of the most beautiful basketball teams on the planet right now going head to head when it seems like both of them are right at peak of powers. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I'm related to that. Shout out to the news today that Clay Thompson and Wiseman are both playing for G league basketball because them being in basketball just makes basketball better. So good luck to them as they re-enter any NBA fan out there saying, 
that Clay Thompson coming back won't change anything. You are an absolute idiot. You're and you wrong. Don't know, and you don't know basketball because, goodness gracious, I saw people on Twitter saying that, and that was just, oh, it made me angry. Uh, speaking of Christmas, as we, uh, as we move into December by our next episode, we are going to be graced on Christmas Day with Hawks, Knicks, Celtics, Bucks, which, sorry, Celtics, you're kind of bumming us out with that one, Warriors, Suns, which, goodness gracious, schedule makers, you nailed it. Nets, Lakers, which, LOL, Lakers making it. They're interesting because of who they have, not because of their wins. And then closing it out when everyone's asleep or doing other things with Mavs, Jazz. Who wants to watch those idiots? Not this guy. But fine. I mean, it's good basketball. It's, I get it. It's all I do on Christmas. I know. We, hey. we open gifts and then I watch basketball. So... So married life, at least for me in my household, we split holidays. So Thanksgiving was a in-law holiday for me. I watched the occasional football, but not really. I will be home for Christmas. And I am so excited to sit, eat food, eat more food, and just watch basketball. And if the stars align, I don't know what the uh, Russell plans are quite yet. We might be doing it via text or FaceTime, but hopefully we can get some good basketball watching in, whether we are uh, in the same room or uh, states apart. But guys, first episode down with the Brightside Podcast Network. How's it, we how's here, it, baby. How's it feel, guys? We here, baby. If, if you are listening, thank you. Uh, we are super excited for this opportunity. We really have enjoyed talking and working with Dave and and hearing about the exciting stuff coming here. So if you've not subscribed to the Brightside Podcast Network, make sure to do so. And then also, if you like looking at us and having some faces to go along with the voices, feel free to check us out on our YouTube channel, Into the Valley, colon, a Phoenix Suns podcast. For Ryan and Philip, I am Ethan. This is Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast. We out.